Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. I'm going to go to Acts chapter 3. And I'm going to introduce a, a new, a new uh, series this morning, but as you'll see, it ties right back into the one we just finished up on called Truth Lord. And we're going to talk about the subject of repentance um, and Mike started us off this morning. <laughs> it was good. I didn't tell him what I was preaching on, so the Lord just must be on it right now, which is good. Um, but uh, we're going to talk about the subject of repentance, and I re- really what I want to do this morning is I want to get a good working definition in your mind for what it is, okay? That's my main goal here. This morning, I'm going to do some teaching from some scriptures, but I want to—I want you to have a good working definition of it, so that you understand it and you don't get confused between repentance and like condemnation, or repentance and asking for forgiveness, because they're different. Okay, and uh, really, it's true. I mean, a lot of what Mike hit on this morning, he was teaching on a different line, and I. I'll be in completely different scriptures, but, the, but it, they both tie together what repentance actually is, what it boils down to. So, we finished up truth, Lord, and so in the last series, we looked at the importance of being humble and receiving the words of the Lord as truth. We saw that um, we saw what can take place when we humble ourselves as demonstrated in the life of the Syrophoenician woman. How many know she had a great deliverance for her daughter? Okay? And that came through humility. We also saw what can take place when someone responds to the Lord from pride or natural knowledge. We saw this where Jesus was in his own hometown and what took place. He couldn't do a mighty work there. How many would like to be in the category of Jesus looking at you and saying, I've never found so great faith? Come on. Now, we got to be careful here because our natural thinking will kick in and religious thinking will kick in when this happens. Because when we start going down a path that really challenges the way you think naturally, it's offensive to your flesh and to your natural mind. Okay? So, you got to be careful here because even if I say to you, you can have the same and operate in the same faith that the Syrophoenician woman did, your natural mind will instantly revert, and the enemy will instantly try to revert you to, yeah, those are some special people that you hear about in the Bible, but that's not for today. It's not the same. It's not like that anymore today. Your natural mind can try and do that, especially depending on the stronghold that we're uh, effectively using our mighty weapons on in your thinking. Amen. And don't you worry one bit. The Holy Spirit will find the thing that you're dealing with as I'm preaching. (laughs) And you say, how will we know when we hit it? You'll go, (laughs) and I'll prove it to you biblically. It'll hit you. You'll go, okay, get off that preacher. But any good minister will kindly (laughs) and graciously Continue down the path of truth 
Because what people don't realize is happening when you're in truth every single day repeatedly is that this is a mighty sledgehammer in the spirit, this word of God. And it is pounding away at the strongholds the enemy has built in your mind that you don't even know about yet. It's pounding away. And to, you know, we, we, we sing songs, and we all agree, because, you know, the music's flowing, the anointing's flowing, and you're all in your emotion. And that's good, because God gave us emotion, amen? And you can feel the presence of God, and you sing lyrics, and you sing the words that the Lord bore my cross, that I could walk in His freedom. My question is, how much am I walking in? Because repentance determines, is it is a determining factor in how much I walk in. It's a determining factor in how much you walk in. Well, you're going to see here as we go through repentance, you might, you're going to have to stop some things. And not stop things because, you know, like sometimes people will think, well, I have to do this in order to earn from God. No, you want to stop them because it's not who you are in God. That distinction has to be established here. Because if it's just, you know, it's uh, like, uh, uh, if it's just me willpowering myself into a form, then I'm in trouble. But if it's me in my will submitting in faith to the power of God within me, then actual change will take place. Well, I'm just going to make it happen. You probably won't, and you're going to fail. You say, how do you know? Because that's a form of law. If law would have worked, no need for Jesus. But when you realize, when you start to recognize, wait a minute here, I have access to all the resurrection power I need in Christ to overcome this fill-in-the-blank, unforgiveness. Fear, marriage issues, children issues, business issues, addiction issues, secret sins. I mean, how long? I mean, I could go on forever. And people say, oh, but, you know, we're Christians. <laughs> exactly. I'm preaching to them. Listen, you're not any different than me. We need grace in every area, and none, nobody sitting here has reached the measure of the stature of Christ. And if you have, I guess I'll sit down. Come teach. <laughs> you know what I mean? We have not. But, uh, we grow. We continually grow. This is a consistent thing. We know even the Apostle Paul said, I forget those things which are behind. And so this is where repentance comes in, because this isn't condemnation. This is conviction. Conviction, you say, what's the difference? Condemnation leaves you feeling like you can't get out. Conviction doesn't. That's the difference. Conviction gives you a way out because it still holds truth. There's some sting with it. But if your heart's humble, you go, oh, yeah, that's right. Yep, it is that way. And then you repent, you change, amen? All right, Acts chapter 3, verse number 19 says this. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. 
Romans chapter 2, verse 4 says this, Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to what? Repentance. What leads us to, the, to repentance? The goodness of God. Amen? So, this morning we're going to look at repentance as it relates to our walk with the Lord. Repentant people are humble people. Repentant people, I'm going to say this word a lot, can say with the Syrophoenician woman, truth, Lord. Okay? So we'll cover several things concerning repentance in the series. We're not going to be able to hit them all today. I want to hit two of them today. First of all, what repentance is or what it is not. And then secondly, why is repentance needed? Those are the two things that I want to hit this morning. Now, don't let this be too simple for you. Okay? Because a lot of times as Pentecostal, Holy Roller, Word of Faith, whatever it is, we get the idea that as long as somebody lays hands on me and I feel goosebumps all over me, then I know I'm delivered. But you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. You actually can walk in a place with the Lord to where you see His truth, you apply it by faith, and nobody else ever prays for you, and you can walk in the freedom of it. And that is spiritual development, which is the goal of every good minister. Every minister's goal is not uh, to keep people immature in an area or in their spiritual growth. My goal as a minister or any other minister, if you read about the fivefold ministry gifts in Ephesians, you'll see that their purpose is to mature the body. It isn't to gather a following. Now, a following will gather because it's the word. But my goal is not that, as a pastor, my goal is not that you have to come to the leadership of the church to get answers all the time. My, you, it's, it's good to start there, especially if you're real young in the Lord. My goal is that you know the Lord so well, you get your answers, and you're offering answers to those who don't know the Lord so well. That you become what? Disciples, correct? Disciples. And discipleship has a lot more to do, uh, has a lot to do, more to do with just Mark chapter 16 only. If Mark chapter 16 only was the epitome of understanding maturity, why do we have the epistles? Why not just live in the Gospels? See, we're to grow, we're to develop, we're to change. Our thoughts are to change, and then our actions are to change. Amen? Amen. All right, repent in the Old Testament is... uh, There's a few words, but there's one that really stood out. They all essentially mean the same thing. But it means to turn back. Repent means to to return. It means to come back or to go back. The basic meaning of the verb is movement back to the point of departure. So, repent is movement back to the point of departure. So obviously we're seeing something here, and what is that? Change. I'm going one way, but I'm going to have to go another way. There's a repentance that takes place. I'm going back to the place or the point of departure. Rick Renner said this, and and I want to focus on the New Testament 
uh, uh, word repent, which they're very similar. You're not going to see a lot of difference. It's just this is where we live, and I'm going to take the verses out of there. So Rick Renner said this. Repent in the Greek is the word metaneo. And I don't even know if I'm saying that right, because I'm not a Greek scholar, but Rick Renner is. <laughs> so if you ever want good stuff on the Greek, really good teaching, go to Rick Renner's website, um, and he's got phenomenal stuff. I really recommend his stuff. The word is made up of two Greek words, meta and nous, N-O-U-S, meta and nous. Meta means to turn, and nous refers, or N-O-U-S refers to the mind. To turn the mind. When these two words are compounded, the new word describes in the most basic sense a change of mind or a complete conversion. The word metaneo reflects a turn, a change of, a, of direction, a new course, and, and a completely altered behavior and view of life. I love this. These, 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 this is giving you a definition of what repentance is. In the New Testament, this Greek word, is, Greek word is used to denote a complete, radical, total change. It means a decision to completely change one's thoughts, behavior, and action, or to entirely turn around in the way one is thinking, believing, or living. You can see, just by that statement, and there's going to be a stronger one here right after this, but you can excuse me, you can see just by that statement that this process of repentance doesn't stop. How many had it all together the moment you were born again? Do you know the moment I was, you know I still acted in addiction and fulfilled addiction habits after I was born again? Yeah, but brother... I thought God was all-powerful. God's not the problem. I am. My spirit was completely changed. My thinking and my emotion and how I functioned was not. Brother Hagin used to say, if you were bald before you were born again, you're bald after. And people, we live in a generation, oh, I'm offended, I'm bald. Sorry. You know, I don't know what to tell you. Your, your mental and your physical did not change. Now, you had an experience. But there's a process that then takes place after that called the renewing of your mind with the Word of God, called the development of your spirit by the Spirit of God within you. You begin to feed spiritually on the Word of God called the change of how you talk, how you act. And you're not doing it to earn your salvation. You're doing it because you are saved. I act like a McFarlane because I was born into the family. Thankfully, the Lord has redeemed me. (laughs) I love my family, don't get me wrong. But how many know that in Christ there's neither male nor there's neither what? Jew nor... What? I thought the physical Jews had a leg up on me. No. They don't. And I love them. And I pray for them. 
That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the natural didn't change. But the Spirit did. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And you say, well, what does that mean for me? That means as you learn how to cooperate with who's inside of you, my God, your life will change. I am not who, you know I am not addicted. I am not bound with the addictions that once held me. I am free. But it took some time for me to repent after I had repented to grow to where, I don't care if you wave a big old bag of weed in front of me. I'll go, are you dumb? I'm Holy Ghost high and I'm never going back. Never. It's just too hard. It's never too hard. The one who sustains me. Who I have found that my Savior is more than enough strength for any problem. <laughs> Amen? So there's been what? A change, a shift that's taken place. So thus the word repent in the New Testament gives the image of a person changing from top to bottom. A total transformation wholly affecting in every part of a person's life. Now listen, if you've smoked weed after you were saved or did or fell back and, 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 went ba- and reverted back to something that you used to do, don't get under condemnation. Do get under conviction. And, and don't quit fellowshipping with the Lord. Now, I realize I'm not talking to everybody in here, but listen, the reality of the fact is yours may not be that. It could be something else. It can be something else. And I could hit on a lot of things, but I don't want to too much because, you know, details are good, but they're not that good. The point is, the point is repentance. Change. People say, well, I've been saved for 40 years. Do you still get bitter at your spouse? You got areas to repent. (laughs) See, this is what happens when I meddle. (laughs) And you all forced me into it. (laughs) It's like, no, Lord. The New Testament word, again, gives us the image of a person changing from top to bottom, a total transformation, wholly affecting every part of a person's life. He says this, Rick Renner goes on to define this, and this, I, I really want you to hear this point right here, it's really good. I must point out the importance of the word N-O-U-S or noose contained in the definition of repentance. As we have seen above, the word noose is the Greek word for mind. Listen closely, listen closely. This means the decision to repent lies in the mind, not in the emotions. 
Come on, I got to say this because we're all, you know, we love the feel of the Spirit, the move of the Spirit, and I do too. I'm all for it. When the Spirit of God's moving and you're in the fields, I mean, jump in them all the way. Just allow that to be. But you must realize that that's a, how many have been in a church that you'd be like, oh my goodness. And then, you know, you go to the, you're just like, oh, I'm on cloud nine. And then the server brings you an overcooked meal. Or it wasn't exactly what you wanted. And then all of a sudden, cloud nine went to, yeah, six, five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> you say, why are you saying that? Because truth doesn't change even though your feelings do. That's why repentance. Lord, I'm not going that way anymore. And people say, well, I said that and then I did it. Lord, I repent for going that way. I don't want to go that way anymore. I'm not going that way anymore. Again. People say, well, how many times do I have to do that? I am not going to put a number on it. <laughs> but I will put until you're free, until you were walking in the freedom that's been provided. Well, I feel bad. That's your emotion. And that feeling will never change until there's a full manifestation of the freedom that's already in you. So you don't quit. You keep going, amen? You keep going. This means the decision to repent lies in the mind, not in the emotions. This is not the same as fleeing sorrow or fleeting sorrow for past actions. Rather, it is a solid intellectual decision to turn about face, take a new direction, and revise the pattern of one's life. It's a solid intellectual decision. You know, some people think, uh, people say, I've heard ministers say, you know, I wish God would just, you know, remove my brain. He gave it to you. <laughs> You know, uh, there's a minister, I, I, I don't know who it is, he's on the radio, but his, uh, one of his things is let my people think. It's just supposed to be spiritual thinking. We've said this before, we're not transformed by the removal of our mind. We're transformed by the renewal of our mind, okay? So sometimes people think, well, yeah, I just need somebody to wave a wand over me, anoint me with oil, smack me in the forehead, and I'll be fine. There, it, we're okay with the laying on of hands and oil and the anointing and the prayer of faith. All of those things. But listen, lasting change comes this way. I mean, eventually, how many are glad that your parents taught you to go to the bathroom in the toilet and they're not still having to change your diaper? You say, what does that mean? It is a spiritual principle. We start out as babes, but we are to what? Grow. We're to be nourished up in the words of faith and develop. And how do you know you're growing? Because you're thinking differently. You're talking differently. Because your actions are different. You stop hanging out with everybody that you used to hang out with because you realize, if I go down that path, now there may be a point, and there will be, where you develop so much spiritually, it doesn't matter who you're around, you're affecting the atmosphere, not them. 
And that is the goal. But for now, where are you at? Have you made a solid intellectual decision to turn about, face, to take a new direction and revise the patterns of one life? I think many times believers equate the act of repentance with remorse. They believe that repentance is no more than a spiritual get-out-of-jail-free card that give them the right to admit their fault, ask for forgiveness, and then dive right back into the same sin again. The reality is that true proof of repentance is personal change and transformation, not remorse, regret, and sorrow. Those things can be there because of how it hurts you to hurt the Lord, or you understand what I'm saying? But real repentance, and, and no way am I saying that God gives up on you if you've done those things, because we've all done those things. Listen, we just need to do this right now, okay? Just settle it right now in your mind. God will never leave me nor forsake me. He never will. If I reverted back to, to my old way of living, the Lord's not He's going to try and, and, and work redemption in my life till the day I draw my last breath. He's not going to just go, whoop. You know, he paid a lot. <laughs> Amen. Most believers understand repentance as to feel sorry about something one did or failed to do, to feel remorseful about some act, and to ask for forgiveness for it. To walk around in a or to walk forward in a church service to formally ask Jesus into one's life. Now, there can be hints of repentance with these things, but it's not true repentance. Repentance is a total transformation. It's a change. It's, I was walking this way, but now I'm going to... Does that make sense? Or I was walking this way, but i got to go this way now. Come on, when I got born again, you guys have heard me say this before. I came home from church camp. I was 19. Uh, it was the last year I could go to church camp, so I went to... Uh, make amends for all the years that I didn't go. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I went to cause trouble is what I went to do. And we almost succeeded in not going to camp the moment we were loading up the van um, because we, uh, the youth pastor wasn't going to put up with us, which I don't blame him, to be honest. So as, as penance for that, I had to be a youth pastor for six years. <laughs> Sorry, I don't believe in penance. All right, so anyway... Jesus paid it all. All right. <laughs> so anyway, when, we, when I got back from camp, when I was at camp, I thought I was going there to cause problems, which I, I succeeded to a degree for a few you know, hours. But, <laughs> um, but the first, I don't know if it was the first night. I think it was. Anyway, I ended up giving my heart to the Lord. And so when I came back, I mean, I was changed inside. I knew I was clean. I knew I was free, and I, was, I had made up my mind, I am not going back to that other junk. And I made plenty of mistakes, but I just stayed on path. You understand what I'm saying? And so when we got back, I had one of uh, my old party buddies, and we had lots of them, and uh, uh, show up, and he's like, hey, man, we're going out tonight, because I had left my car at the church. He said, do you want to go? And he start, you know, he's tell telling me all these things. I said, nah, I'm not going to go. And he just looked at me, and he said, 
you're not going to be one of those dumb Christians, are you? So I had a moment right there where I could say, hmm, this is a repentance moment. I can choose a direction. So if you know me, I'm kind of all in or nothing. So I just looked at him and said, yep, I am. And that was the last time we talked as friends like that, except for I think I just saw him again maybe two years ago, and I'm 44 right now. So I was 42 at the time. And my life is better than his. And it's not because I'm better. Because I was swimming in the same cesspool as him. It's because I made a decision to receive grace. I don't want to trade. I don't want to go back. It's too late for me. I drank the Kool-Aid. The heaven aid. <laughs> the Holy Ghost wine. I drank it. It's too late. I'm in. It's over. All I'm doing now is looking for more and more ways to change and repent and conform to the image of Jesus Christ. Amen? Emotions may accompany repentance but they are not required in order to repent. True repentance is a mental choice to leave what is displeasing to God and to turn toward Him with all one's heart, mind, in order to follow Jesus. Okay, let's wrap up our sermon this morning with one last point. And we're going to turn over to 1 Thessalonians 1.6 and look at an example of true repentance. 1 Thessalonians 1, chapter 1, verse number 6. This is a great example. And see if you can see some words, and I'll emphasize them a little bit, um, that, that line up with repentance here. Paul says this to the Thessalonians, and you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. How many love joy of the Holy Spirit? I do. So that you became examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia who believed. They became what? Examples. Does that sound like repentance? They followed, in verse 6, they followed Paul and the Lord. What is that? That's repentance. For, verse 8, for from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth. Not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith toward God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything. Now, that's something. Do you see that? You know, you don't you ever walked up uh, or told somebody, you're talking to somebody, you're like, yeah, do you know this person? Yeah, they're a Christian. These people are so Christian, you don't even have to say anything. Paul's like, I don't got to say nothing. You guys are preaching and living and have turned your whole life over to the Lord. Verse, uh, second part of verse 8 there. Your faith toward God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything. Verse 9. For they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you. And watch this. How you what? Turned to God from Idols to serve who? The living and true God. What is that? That's repentance. 
You're you're, you're making a decision. You're turning away from one thing, and you're turning to another. Mike mentioned it in leadership this morning because he's been going through Matthew, um, talking about the Beatitudes, and I think you're at you started in chapter 5 and went through to what, 8? You're in 9 now. No, we just hit 10 today. Yeah, we hit the first part of 10 today. It's a 7, it's so far a 7 message long series, so you can find it on the website. But one of the things he pointed out in, the, in that uh, section of scripture, which really stood out to me, was, and, and this is the, the reality, you only can serve That's it. Well, yeah, but if I do that, I'll have to give up. Repentance. Now, listen. I don't know about you, but when God pays dividends, now, when the devil pays dividends, or I get dividends off my own dumb decision, I'm like, I need mercy dividends. and grace dividends to not inherit that again. But when you follow the Lord and not man, not excitement, not, ooh, they have a light show in their worship service. (laughs) They got smoke. I don't, I'm not against any, what I'm saying is, what is leading you? I know people, they say, well, the Lord led me to this church, and then two months later, the Lord led me to this church, then two months later, then the Lord led me to this church. No, he didn't. You're telling me, how many, are, how many plant flowers, garden, you plant things, you grow things? Let me ask you a question. What would happen to your very nice plant if you repotted it every other week? Forget that. Every, every week. <laughs> it's going to have some amazing growth. People are like, well, I went to that church for a while, but, you know, things got hard. Root system being developed. That just sounds like spiritual growth to me. Because, uh, you know, in following the Lord, he, when he told me to do something, and I'd go back to him and go, Lord, I don't want to do this anymore. How long, Lord? How long? How long, oh Lord, will I have to put up with sister so-and-so? And he'd respond by Gmail. Godmail, yeah. Right. All right, he'd respond. It's instant download. You don't even have to wait. It's just wham! You can go, Sean. When you love her, and you don't, you're not concerned about what she's doing to you, then you can go. Ugh. Yeah, Lord, but you know, I thought that you know you were gonna bless me with life and life more abundantly, <laughs> and that you know I should. I thought this was what this was. And he says to me, I am through this trial. Thanks, God. You're welcome, Sean. (laughs) Even though you said it sarcastic. (laughs) 
what do I get to do? I get to repent. I get to turn from my idols. See, now you guys, a lot of you guys, I mean, if I went into your house, I'm not going to find, you know, a statue of something with incense burning, you know, and, you know, different, I don't even know how to worship an idol, so I don't even, you know, or however that works. That's not going to happen. But you have your flesh, and I can tell you this from what I've studied from the Word of God, every false god, all it does is provide a, 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 a fulfillment of a fleshly desire. Every single one. That's what it does. So, I don't need you to have an idol. You have flesh. And so do I. Well, Thursday nights, I watch this show. And if you lose your salvation over not being able to watch it for one Thursday night, repentance is in order. What if the Lord said to you, don't watch it? What if, what if the Lord said, don't record it? <laughs> since, we're, uh, since we're there, since I'm getting heckling. <laughs> But Lord, this is how I relax. I'm sorry. When, no, I'm not really sorry. But when I read through the scriptures and I listen to some Christian teaching today, I go, where did they get that? And then I usually hear this. Christian doctor so-and-so says, and I'm not against, you know, having a doctorate. I don't care. My point is, if we're really made a whole change with what we understand and have read as far as the repentance and what the definition is, we should be going to the Lord first. And if he tells you to watch the show, watch the show. If he tells you not to, don't. People say, well, that just sounds so rigid. You don't know the freedom behind the door. I don't see the freedom behind the door yet because, see, God's not that way. He'll see if you're going to go by faith first. And then he'll show you. And it does come in stages. Turned, in this verse, means to turn oneself around, to turn back, or it means to completely turn in a new direction. Serve means to be a slave. When Paul preached the gospel to the Thessalonians, many of them turned their backs on their idols, idol worship to God, and received Jesus, leaving everything associated with the idols completely. This is repentance. They completely left their idol worship and became fully dedicated to Jesus Christ and to serving his kingdom. The Thessalonians didn't just claim to have repented. They showed it by changing the way they thought and lived and served. They dramatically their dramatically different outward behavior was guaranteed proof of a real repentance that a real repentance had occurred. This repentance was a change of mind with accompanying actions. Repentance is not the mere acceptance of a new philosophy or new idea. It is a conversion to truth so deep that it results in a total life change. Repentance is a conversion to truth so deep that it results in a what? A total life change. Now watch, you can continue to do this as a believer. You know, people will say, 
Well, in my house, you know, I grew up, we yelled at each other all the time. Well, have you noticed that's not scriptural? Yay or nay? Okay, maybe we need to go over that verse, you know. <laughs> in other words, communication is not you, 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 you. Well, you, 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 you. Well, I don't care anymore. Well, I don't care anymore. That is not having a conversation. <laughs> That's not change in your life. Am I the only one that have had these conversations in my marriage? I, would, I mean, years ago. <laughs> love my wife. All right. <laughs> In other words, and it has been a very long time since we've had, but that's not repentance. If I'm blaming her for everything that I can't, that isn't going right, that's not me changing. That's me actually setting a trap and then putting my own foot in it. It's all Mike's fault. I can't do anything because of Mike. <laughs> Pastor Mike, he's my, this is the biggest problem. I, I don't even know what to, God can't even do anything with Pastor Mike. <laughs> and now watch, we don't say that, but we say that. Have you ever said this? That person's a hopeless case. No such thing doesn't exist. We're just all in our flesh instead of in the Word and in the Spirit. I don't know about you, but I desire to have good days and see and have long life. Therefore, I have to refrain, for refrain my tongue from speaking evil. Well, it's not fair. Oh, let's go down the self-pity path. That's, I mean, that's some of the worst. Well, you don't know what happened to me. You're right, I don't. But Jesus knows exactly what happened to you. And he was tempted in every way as you are, yet without sin. Why? Not to prove that he was better than you, but to redeem you for what, from what you're in. Repentance. Repentance. It doesn't have to be like it was. It can be different. Repentance is part of the lifestyle of any serious believer. We repent to begin our relationship with God, and as we grow in our walk with God, the Holy Spirit will continue to reveal things in our lives that need to change. How many have noticed that? When He opens our eyes to those things that are displeasing to Him, and there are things, but you, don't you love the way God does it, though? How many of you raised kids and they're all older now? When they were little, did they do things that were displeasing to you? But you didn't try and fix all of them at once. And you know, you, you wet your diaper again and you, now you got a rash and I uh, got a, you know, and how much poop could come out of a kid? And you stole the toy from your sibling again and you just sit them down and make a list 30 things long and try and tell a two-year-old how to fix it? No. And this is just how spiritual growth is. The Lord goes, uh-oh, got a mess in the pants. Come on. 
Now, we all want to pretend and believe that we're not there. <laughs> you know, we're all in this church. How many have been in this church a while and, and you've been in a situation where you're like, something stinks. And I'm not talking about in the nursery. I'm talking about stuff that's happened in the sanctuary. And I'm not talking about an actual diaper stink. I'm saying some believer somewhere, I'm sure, somewhere, you know, did something or said something they shouldn't have. And what does the Lord do? Uh, let's go change that. How many are grateful when parents change their kids? How many have been around the parent that just like, eh, it's not worth it? And the kid's just stinking up everything. It's like you've been at the picnic for four hours. That thing is steaming. Take care of it. <laughs> There's like a cloud, you know, going behind the kid, you know? Jeez. Do you have a parent? <laughs> Whew, we needed that laugh, didn't we? Whew. Spoonful of sugar. All right. <laughs> <laughs> when the Lord opens our eyes to those things that are displeasing to him, we must be willing to repent, to make an intelligent decision to adjust our thinking and behavior to conform to God's ways. That's what Rick Renner says. I would say it like this. I would say to make an intelligent decision to adjust our thinking and, and behavior to who we are in Christ. To who we are in Christ. Rick's not wrong in the way he's saying it. This is just how I see it. Because I need to know that it's the Lord's power doing it in me. I need to have that focus because I'm a doer. I like to do. Which means I'll take this word and go, okay, I got it, Lord. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I got hands. There's a sick person. And then I'll try to be the power because I'm a doer. So instead, I'll go, okay, Lord. You're the power. I'm not. So in faith, I'll go. And I'll lay hands on that person. And your power will heal them. And I don't care whether I get credit or not. I've found credit isn't always the best anyway. C.S. Lewis said this. And this is where we'll stop. I'm not going to make it to the next. Why is repentance needed? But that's okay. There's always next week. We all want progress. But if you're on the wrong road, progress means doing an about turn and walking back to the right road. In that case, the man who turns back soonest is the most progressive. <laughs> Do not believe the lie that you can't change. Because that's what the devil's going to tell you when you leave here. You can't do it. Here's what I do. Now, you need to fellowship with the Lord and get your answer, okay? But here's what I do. I say, you know what, devil? You're right. I don't have it just in and of myself to change. But I do have the one who whooped you all over the place inside of me. And I'm going to go ahead and use his power against you. And against my stupid thinking. 
So when I pick up the word, I go, oh, Lord, I got the mighty weapons. I got them. Let's swing. Let's go to battle. Let's say unto the mountain, be picked up, lifted up, and cast into the sea. And then let's say it again, and say it again, and say it again. Come on. If you look at that passage of Scripture in Mark eleven twenty three and 24, you'll see he says say three times. In other words, you may have to say it more than once, but you know what I say? I'm free from addictions. I say I'm free from fear. I say I'm free from offense and unforgiveness. I am free to love you whether you love me or not and still sleep at night. There are people, guys, Joey, why don't you come? There are people that are so addicted to what other people think of them that they cannot make a decision with the Lord in themselves. Not that they can't, but they just, they've, they're so entrenched in that way of thinking. And what has to change there? There has to be a change of thinking and then a decision, I'm going to go this way. And guess what comes with that decision? There's the pain of hurting someone else's feelings. There's the fear that you're going to hurt somebody else's feelings. There's the disappointment that you'll feel when they go, well, don't you like me anymore? Or don't you want to? There's all of that. But when you turn, you say, no, 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 that's not going to lead me anymore. I'm going to let the Lord lead me. Then there's the blessing, the grace, the empowerment from the Lord to do what he asks you to do. And if you follow the Lord, every person that gets offended by the fact that you follow the Lord will eventually, if they're soft in heart at all, will eventually see that you made the right choice. And you may actually be able to help them. Amen? That's the goal. You know, and you can stand. If, if the Lord just wanted us to die, he could have done nothing. Right? I mean, what did he really need to do for us to not make it? He just, they'll kill themselves. You know what I mean in that sense? With sin, with bad decisions. They'll just go down a path. They'll, if I leave them to themselves... They'll just go. But he didn't do that. He said, no, I want nothing on my end because of my character to be a shadow of turning. In other words, I don't want anybody to have it in their head that I had their, their destruction in mind. Do you see that? That's why he gave his son he didn't want any human on the planet that he created, his creation, to be able to stand before him one day and go, well, you really didn't love me. That's why he gave Jesus. So there's, there's no excuse. There's no, there's no way of saying, Lord, you didn't do your part. He has done everything. He covered all the bases. Amen? 
Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.